All right. Take two. <sighs> Take two. Back again. Yeah. An hour into this already. Back to formula. Back to formula. <laughs> um, I think I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm about to go goblin mode. Uh, so we got 38 minutes deep into a podcast and I turned around uh, and Pro Tools was like, your CPU is overloaded. So we're going to stop recording. <laughs> of course, it's the CPU. Yeah, man. Like, come on. Okay. Well, I'm guy thing number one, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just... Do you a... smell what I'm cooking? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's musty in here i'm real sweaty for the yeah i mean nobody's listening but <laughs> if they were they wouldn't know that we made that joke originally if you listen to our unrecorded podcast earlier you would get all these jokes and it'd be yeah. really funny yeah honestly let's just uh let's just pretend like we already talked about it yeah honestly like you you understand what's going on yeah so basically like when J. Jonah jameson's son gets home as the astronaut yeah, when he like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got pretty far, but it's fine. Honestly, it wasn't good anyways. Yeah, no, it was awful. And this one's going to be way better. Yeah. Um, Welcome back. Yeah. To Spider-Man 2.1. Spider-Man 2.1, which stands for Spider-Man 2 Guys 1 Movie. But it also stands for, for all of our big Spider-Man nerds out there. Spider-Man 2.1 is the extended cut. Yeah. And this podcast is basically the 2.1 of the podcast we were doing. Yeah, exactly. This is the extended cut. We, we <laughs> yeah. cut all the filler. Fuck the, the filler, all right, man? We're we don't even here. need to talk about the movie. Yeah, honestly. What did you eat for breakfast today? I I don't eat. Whip. Zoom. That's basically Sam Raimi. There we go. It just whip zoomed onto an empty plate. <laughs> Weird, like, watery transition oh that God. fades out. <laughs> that was so bad. That was like iMovie. Yeah. Okay, of whatever. Movie. You know what? We'll get there. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so. Spider-Man 2.1. Opening credits, it shows the intro of... Uh, the intro is Spider-Man 1. Yeah. And it just recaps Spider-Man 1. Yeah. So you don't have to watch Spider-Man 1. Yeah. It's all right there. And it is keeping in theme. You were right. Honestly, I think in 2.1, they must have made the credits shorter because they weren't as long as it made. It, they didn't feel as long. Yeah. I would say Spider-Man 3, you're in for a real doozy when okay. you get to that I'm one. excited. Yeah. We yeah. keep talking about the credits and everybody's already <laughs> like, we're not going to listen to two guys talk about credits. But um, yeah, it Spider-Man 2.1, I've seen the extended version about 100 times. You've seen the regular version about 100 times. Exactly. Yeah, I've never seen the extended, so this is my first time. So Zach is going to be our resident um, actually guy who's going to be like, this scene wasn't in the... Um, actually, the dialogue was different yeah. here. Um... Exactly. So let's get into it. Spider-Man 2.1 starts off the same way that Spider-Man 1 does with mm -hmm. the monologue. Yeah, literally... Yeah, he's still down bad for MJ. Still down bad for MJ. Uh, but Very this time, bad. he's looking at a poster, a billboard of MJ, because yeah. she is successful. She's made it to the city. Her yep. acting career is going somewhere. And even though Peter curved her, he still wants her. He, yeah. He's just... Peter's very conflicted in this movie. The entire yes. movie, he's super conflicted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and it's it shows that still he can't get what he wants and he spreads so thin because yeah. while he sees mj's successful playbill or rather uh poster mm -hmm. up there on the billboards he is late for work man yeah and <laughs> he gets to work has to immediately deliver like 10 pizzas 42 city blocks in seven minutes yep which is just like okay that is not reasonable nobody at all. can do that like no yeah like and he gets fired for it which is just like so dumb and he gets like, he gets told before he gets sent off if you don't do this you're gonna be fired yeah and it's like literally you you have been given an impossible task how are you ever gonna do that like but he commits and because he of his commitment we get the most beautiful line of all time it's 
pizza time. Love it so much. And you're late. I'm not paying for those. Yeah. Just, I love that, that, uh, just if, if the pizza delivery is late, you get free pizza. You just want them to be late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the web swinging is a lot better. Um, yes. Cause he does web swing to the pizza place. And yeah. I gotta say the CGI is, or at least the character model of Spider-Man mm-hmm. is like, I mean, honestly, the, the, I feel like I've said this before, but because I have, uh, yeah. <laughs> the character model in civil war is fucking ass for spider-man it's actually not great in yeah. the tom holland trilogy it's like all cgi and mm-hmm. i'm like bring back at least a real suit when he's yeah on the ground i agree um so as far as that goes it holds up really well however yeah. the way he moves across the screen so slow so fake yeah we we mentioned this last time but basically mm-hmm. it's just like when spider-man swinging in the sam raimi movies he will go across the building after like three swings and like 15 seconds and he just like moved across one building he like, moves like he weighs a thousand <laughs> yeah. pounds all that pizza he's in yeah is not good for him. his shift pizza it's a good yeah. thing he got fired but that's something that they do improve in later movies where yeah. he actually has like momentum when he swings and he has speed yeah he doesn't really have that it looks cool but he's not really going anywhere but that's the technology yeah. for the time i guess yeah like but right? yeah i will say the costume looks way better really good the, the actual suit yeah. or the cgi the the suit the actual suit itself i think it looks way this better. is the rainy suit yeah definitely it, which is my favorite yeah and um and, and yeah just it's amazing how within two years the technology leap yeah. is just so good there's the production and budget for this movie is just way better you can tell um yeah it's just so good it's so good it's and so good i i just love the little scenes when he's swinging of uh, saves the kids from running in the street. He's like, don't play in the uh, street, kids. Yeah. And then he throws the pizza up and then lands on a roof. Some guy's trying to eat it and he webs it away and yeah. webs the slice of pizza away yeah. with the webs all over it. it Always doing the right scene. thing. He could have yeah. left the pizza there and whatever. Yeah. Who cares? He's not getting there in seven minutes. But yeah, and then just hops in through a janitor's closet, just comes out and he's like, hey, uh, pizza time. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not paying for that. And then he tries going back in through the janitor's closet. Um pretty weird when you see your pizza guy just come out of the janitor's closet like like how did you get in um very goofy love it so good um just like uh, every line and scene in this movie is so iconic because it's just been memed so much but it's like it's every scene there's just some quotable line that i'm like oh yeah Every scene when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this scene. Oh, this scene. Oh, this scene's really good. This is also really good. You would you would keep going when we were watching it. You'd be like, this scene is like really good. Yeah. And, then, and then it would happen. I'd be like, yeah, that was great. And then we would be like, two minutes later, you'd be like, oh, dude, get ready. This is like great. <laughs> um, which, I mean, it, it really is because yeah. they established that Peter can't do his job. Like he just can't. He can't be on time to it, which causes him to have seven minutes to go 42 city blocks. Secondarily, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to keep taking pictures of himself as spider-man for j jonah jameson so he's turning in like these pictures which you know i mean they're just photos but honestly stuff like people playing chess in a park or something like who cares yeah like i and i love peter parker i love Mm -hmm. spider-man who cares about these pictures yeah and so j jonah jameson the honest guy is tells him to fuck off yeah uh, unless you have a picture of spider-man which he does and reluctantly gives him he's like you know 300 bucks and with that 300 dollars, it does not even cover the advance that he was given from the daily bugle for like last week or whatever yeah so he has no money from the job at the daily bugle he's literally unemployed now he doesn't have the girl that he wants but he wants her so bad and then finally he's like i'm gonna go be a kid in college 
go to class, runs into Dr. Connors. Yep. And Dr. Connors is like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're going to a lecture that's already over. You can tell because I'm talking to you. Yeah. You haven't turned in any assignments, which Peter is currently working on a paper for Dr. Octavius, or rather about Dr. Octavius, which... Mm -hmm. Great way to introduce him. Yeah. Um, but Peter has his foot in every single door, but like a classic jack of all trades, he he's not good at any of his trades. He yeah. can't be Spider-Man, or rather, he is being Spider-Man really well. But he's focusing pretty cost? much mainly on Spider-Man, and then everything else is taking a exactly. toll because of it. At what cost? And I just think, I love that they did this in this movie. It's probably the most iconic way to depict Spider-Man. Speaking, speaking of icons, where's my rent money? Oh, Mr. Dinkovich. Yes. Yes. Rent. Yes. Uh, what was it? Uh, he's like, uh, sorry, Mr. Dinkovich. And he's like, sorry, can I spend that? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Great I love clips. it. I love that character. I love that he was in two of the three Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Cause I, I was like, oh my gosh, he says you get your rent when you fix this damn door in this. And you're like, oh, no, that's, that's Spider-Man 3, that's baby. coming up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love, you know, Peter's down bad. Yeah. Financially, romantically. In every avenue of his life except Spider-Man. But even Spider-Man's down bad because the Daily Bugle paints him as a villain. Yeah, I just, I love how much they beat up Peter in this. Yeah. They beat him up so much. Which, and it's relentless. It should, that in my opinion is how Spider-Man should be. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it's, he just cannot catch a break. He's always trying to do the right thing, but he will not get a break. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, like, they didn't do it much in the first movie. But in this one, they really nail into it that he's just like even going to class he drops his books yeah gets hit on the head by every bag walking by People step on his books yeah just everything possibly bad happens to him like it's i love it though it's Which so good it's especially great because the next kind of like big once they establish all of that, they introduce the Dr. Octavius character through Harry mm -hmm. which um Harry is now a successful heir to the throne yeah. uh rather than what was it called in uh osborne industries Oscorp? or whatever oscorp yeah oscorp yeah. was it called oscorp in one yeah for some reason i was like oscorp was not what it was called that's no. so funny <laughs> i guess i'm just again i know nothing but um harry now is in charge of oscorp he has all of the funding and he's funneling it towards uh dr octavius who is going to create essentially uh a the sun in the palm of his hand. A fucking sun in the middle of New York in a warehouse. Yeah. A new way to consume energy, which will make it cheaper for everyone, which is yeah. a very heroic thing to do yeah. with, as a person of intellect and a position of power, he is going to uplift those who are not as fortunate as him, yeah. which is genius. I love that they do this with these characters. Mm -hmm. They give them all this power and then tell them, be good. Because now we're drawing comparisons from Octavius to Peter when yeah. they finally meet through Harry, the funder of Octavius and the mm -hmm. friend of Peter. He sets them up and says, two geniuses together, go crazy. And Peter and Octavius end up talking for like, I think they say like an hour and a half in the dialogue. Mm. Um, but it's great because Dr. Octavius is like potentially going to be a new mentor for Peter yeah. because he lost Uncle Ben and Dr. Octavius is delivering wisdom. Like... What does he say? With great intellect, you need to... Yeah, I, I love the quote. It's, um, intelligence is not a gift. It's a privilege. Yeah. And it's to be used for the betterment of mankind. Yep. Not in any selfish way. And uh, it's basically just another way of saying with great power comes great responsibility, but yep. more on the intellectual side. Yeah. But it's so good. And it's a, and it, it carries the theme throughout the movie and is referenced later on. Yeah. But uh, it's a really good line. I no, really like it's it. it's great. Yeah. Especially because Peter is 
looking up to this guy it's his hero and he sees that he has the money the funding from oscorp mm -hmm. he has the job about to change the world yeah. you know not just the city but the world and he's able to do it all with his wife who's yeah. not only his science assistant but is like the love of his life met her in college you know yeah they're sweethearts and so peter sees this guy who has it all and he's like you know what i i, I can do that i can have it all yeah but Unfortunately, right when Peter is introduced to this great character, they start taking things away from him with this like mental block of his powers. Yeah. And I just I love the the whole mental block here and I love that it's not like a physical thing. It's purely mental for him and I think it's just so cool how it's just like because he's like losing faith in himself, he can't get the powers out of him yeah. to just work. Which is just like, it's so cool because it's just like, it's just all mental. I just, I, I love that. I think it's just like so cool how it's just like he himself is stopping himself from being Spider-Man. And maybe because that's like deep down, he didn't want to be Spider-Man. He yeah. knew that it was stopping his real life. And maybe that was like kind of some deeper thing of he realized he just wanted to be normal. Yeah. And that was like him finally giving into that. And, um, and I just, <laughs> I love the... The, I want to quickly mention how when he first starts losing his powers, he falls some crazy amount of stories yeah. onto the ground and he's somehow fine. But he's going down the elevator of this building and the elevator scene with him and the dude in there is completely different in the extended cut, which I love. It's like, oh, yeah, come like literally the lines are not the same at all. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's literally the in the original version. He goes in the dude's like nice suit. Love, love your work or whatever. And then. Uh, Spider-Man's like, oh, it's cool, but it rides up in the crotch a little too tight sometimes. And yeah. the scene ends there. But in this one, he's like going into this thing of like, uh, we we actually run like a PR firm here. Yeah. And it's like, we, we want to like uh, do like some, what, he was like talking about like marketing stuff. Yeah, for, they basically wanted to market Spider-Man into a profitable yeah. commodity. Yeah, and it was a way longer scene. There was some cool stuff it's in there. It's funny. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Completely different. He like tries to give Spider-Man a business card and Peter's like, uh, there's no pockets in this thing. Yeah, which is that was so good. Funny. Yeah, and and even the, the birthday party scene was extended a little bit of um, when they were like looking yep. at the photo with Green Goblin or uh, yeah, Norman Osborn. Norman, yeah. And um. And then, you know, Harry just hating Peter and... Um, yeah, he keeps ragging on him like yeah. over and over and over. He's like, my father loved you like a son and yet you won't turn in the guy who killed him. You yeah. profit off of him. He's your bread maker. So you are basically a shill yeah. who won't stand up for your friend. Yeah. And on top of it, not only is Harry talking shit about Peter, but then he goes and he starts talking like weird about Mary Jane. <laughs> like MJ's literally in the kitchen, like running back and forth, helping uh, Aunt May. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's the way she looks at you, the way she doesn't look at you. You can have her any way you want her, man. <laughs> and it's just like, what the hell? Harry is just... Yeah. And, and it's funny how eventually later he's like mad that Peter took MJ from him. But in that scene, he's just like, bro, like she, you're in, bro. You're yeah. in. <laughs> and it's also like doubly is funny because MJ was always Peter's crush. Yeah. And Harry is just like the ultimate villain. They did a really good job at writing Harry in this one. Yeah. He is the perfect like douchebag trying to get out of his father's shadow. Yeah. Meanwhile, he doesn't even realize that his father was also a piece of shit. Yeah. Like maybe Norman Osborn was a great guy, whatever. But as soon as they were like back to formula, <laughs> Zach and I also had that decision. We were about to take the Green Goblin serum before we hit record again. And we decided, yeah. you know what? I think we've seen this movie before. And so we didn't. <laughs> so we stand before you, two green goblin sober 
abusers. We we turned a new. We're off. I'm the no stuff. longer goblin the goblin. Yeah, I'm no longer going goblin mode. But you know, <laughs> it's like he's mode. trying to get out of his father's shadow, and they do yeah. a really good job at portraying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really funny how at the birthday scene, Peter first of all doesn't even remember it's his birthday. Yeah. So he's like dead exhausted, and then all of the people who love him so much are there, and it's Aunt May, somebody who literally has to take care of him because his parents are dead. Yep. It's MJ, somebody who's only there because she's so damn horny for him she's literally as Down a character tremendously. yeah her her whole like character arc is just like a mechanism for peter to like get top yeah literally she's just like the 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 yeah just literally just the the sexual object for peter it's like yeah. she has no like personality outside that and then she's just like the damsel in distress yeah and you know she does have some stuff but it's just like she's just She's just being horny for Peter. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing. She's a total, like, she's a woman written by a man. Yeah. Classic, yeah. right? Um, and then Harry, who hates Spider-Man and hates Peter. So every facet of Peter, Harry is like, you fucking suck. I hate you. Yeah. Um, so it's like... This... What a sad birthday party. Just yeah. like, those are all your friends. Those are all your friends. One of them is literally family, and two of them you have a rough, rocky relationship with. Dude, honestly, if I was him... I would just make new friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably his best option. But at the same time, he can't even live a normal life. So he probably doesn't even know how to make friends in general. Yeah. And I mean, just, he's an incel. So. Yeah. And just when you think it can't get... Yeah, he is an incel. And just when you think it can't get any worse for this poor incel, he loses his powers like pretty bad. Like he's yeah. swinging and he's finally like being able to enjoy himself and he falls. I, I do want to quickly mention after the birthday party of MJ sitting at, in oh, the back yeah. of uh, her old parents house where her dad used to abuse her and uh they have a, yet again the scene of them across the fence talking and it's just so awkward of mj just being like hey peter i know you want me like she's just literally feeling him up yeah literally touching his face and he's like oh boy yeah oh boy yeah <laughs> it's yeah. so funny and she's just like admit it admit it you, you want me and then and then he doesn't and he's like and eventually uh mj's like you know what I actually have a boyfriend now. Crazy enough. Weird coincidence. I, yeah. uh, I'm actually going to marry this guy in a week. And um, Peter immediately becomes jealous. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Peter really be riding off jealousy. Dude, yeah. It's, it's a really funny dynamic, too, because, like, respectfully, I, I don't know if I could do any better. But as a critic, my job is to just complain. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, the idea of that scene is so good. Just like mm -hmm. the idea of the backyard scene in one is such a good idea. And to draw parallels and have like these intimate moments where it's like two characters like that are falling in love you know kind of yeah. vibe where in spider-man one peter's the one who's like is that where it doesn't matter he basically <laughs> is just like i you can tell he's in love with this woman yeah and then in two she's the one who's in love with him while he's the one denying and yeah. so it's like a great parallel great like just as a fan that's a good way to like enjoy a movie that's true yeah. and yet they just can't like i don't know it seems like it's written poorly because yeah, the execution is not great. MJ is now being super cringy and super weird. Uh, all respect to Tobey Maguire, my king. His faces are awful. Yeah. He's not... He's like... It's just a weird feeling. And then to top it all off, they use like... It feels kind of lazy to, for Peter to have such strong morals. And then the second MJ's like, well, I see somebody else. Peter's just like, oh, you know what? I do love you. Yeah. It's like he's supposed to not give into that bait. Yeah. And also, I feel like MJ, at least in the comics, or like what I believe MJ should be portrayed as, is like she should be her own woman with agency. Yeah. Who 
I mean, they kind of do it a little bit in the video game where she's the one actively turning down Peter because mm. he isn't good enough for her. Yeah. And she's like, if you're going to do both Spider-Man and this, you have to do both Spider-Man and this. It's not you get to be Spider-Man and come home to me. Yeah. You have to be a partner. And I love when they do that and they don't do it here. And I know as, as much hate as Spider-Man 3 gets, I do think she does get more character in Spider-Man 3. I'm excited to see that. Of like, I, I, we'll wait for the podcast, but yeah. There is relationship trouble where she's actually voicing a realistic opinion somebody would have have if they were dating Spider-Man. Yeah, because fair to be fair, like I, it makes sense why Peter is so vacant in all other aspects of his life except for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But as the individual who's supposed to be in a relationship with Peter, whether it be romantic or otherwise, like that vacancy is hard to swallow, especially yeah. without a reason. Mm-hmm. When he just calls it a disturbance, yeah, which is so. That's what yeah. I mean. There's little things in the writing here that are so weird, but the acting is just so much better. Yeah. It's so much better. Like, uh, for example, what what happens next? Like, if we move this along, it's the... Uh, oh, um, let's get into it. The, the, the Dr. Octavius scene where he has the power of the sun in the palm of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole performance from everyone is so great. Yeah. And yet they still have the corny line at the beginning. You want to you do the joke? <laughs> Did anybody lose uh, 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 a bundle of a $20, bundle of $20, $20 bills, bills wrapped in a rubber band? Because we found the rubber band. Yeah. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. It. It's only funny because it's so unfunny. Yeah. And we were saying last time that uh, Doc Ock should have pursued a career in comedy yeah. and not building sons in a warehouse. Yeah. Um, that's what I would have done. Yeah. But, you know, tweets are own. Yeah, you, you can know? do your thing. If if being in that weird little scientific lab over a river makes you happy, <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, the location of this lab is a little strange. Because every time they show it, it's always just like, it looks like it was just a house with stilts in the yeah. middle of the damn river. Okay. Well, what's funny is that in the scene where the experiment is happening for the first time, it looked like it was in the middle of New York. Yeah. It was in the city. But then all of a sudden it's on the river. Yeah. And then it's like it drowned in the river. It's like what where it just jumped locations. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me, because definitely as a kid I was like, it doesn't make sense. I was watching it now and I was like, I'm still a little like, confused. You see after the whole scene goes down and everybody's evacuating, Harry's like uh like complaining about Spider Man. They're in New York. They're in the city. Oh, that's true. Cause there's like ambulances and stuff. Yeah, and they're and... like walking out of the building. Yeah. So uh, pretty weird. But the acting in it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yet again, the writing is a little shabby and there's a couple plot holes, but the acting is good. Yeah. And uh, Alfred Molina does a great job. He's great really job. Good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> the villains in one and two are just amazing actors. Yeah. They Will really Defoe nailed them. Alfred Molina. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And um, yeah, I just, I love how he's so confident in himself. He's like, I couldn't have miscalculated. There's no way. Yeah. And immediately he did miscalculate. It went wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. it went horribly wrong immediately. Kills his wife. Yeah. Everything metal gets pulled in, absorbs it and makes the sun bigger. Glass shatters. Just all of these shards going towards her. And it shows a shot in uh, reflecting off of her eye of glass going towards it. Of Rosa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just stabs her, kills her. Very brutal way to kill off character and good motivation for the villain. And, um... Yeah, I love when Harry comes in and he's like, Otto, stop this. Pull the plug. This is my money. Like, I'm paying for this. You got to stop. And um, Otto's ego it's is only a spike. getting in the way. Yeah, it's only a spike. Even though all of this shit is happening, he still wants to continue with it because he believes in it so much. Yeah. 
And then Spider-Man comes in and he's like, okay, I'm going to pull the plug for you because, like, you're going to yeah. kill everybody by doing uh, this. An adult needs to be here. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that Spider-Man is the only adult in the room right? when he's the kid, but, you know. That's... But also 35. But also just, like, 19. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he rides the line very well. Yeah, 19 or 35. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but yeah, he does a great job because it, I mean, again, it sets up so many great things. Like when uh, Spider-Man swings in and saves Harry from a falling beam mm-hmm. and Harry like is just disgusted. Like this doesn't change anything. Yeah. Like I would rather die right there than have you save me. Yeah. Because that's how much he that's hates Spider-Man. That's right there. Father. Yeah. That's yeah. like generational trauma. Yeah. For real. Um, but yeah, it's, it's real fucked up. And the whole time. Uh, Dr. Octavius is just like, no, like, fuck you. Like, this is my passion. This is what I do. Yeah. Even after killing his wife. And it's so interesting to see this character that's supposed to be a role model for Peter mm-hmm. succumb to greed, which yeah. is like, Harry could, you know, he is helping this project, which will cheapen electricity and save the lives of, or rather help the lives of hundreds of thousands of people in New York and millions across the world. But he's doing it for the sole purpose of getting rich and greedy. Yeah. Rich off in his own self and propelling himself out of his father's shadow yeah dr octavius is now doing this as like a i've lost everything this is all i have yeah meanwhile spider-man's trying to always constantly wield the great power and the great responsibility yeah which is like super interesting because it's like even characters that could be spider-man in terms of having it all and balancing power mm-hmm. fall to greed and yeah we see spider-man battle that a lot now yeah this greed for him wanting to live a normal life as a normal guy totally and it's oh dude it's so yeah. good i i yeah i just i love the whole arc of him slowly losing powers like he'll have action scenes where he has powers again yeah. but he eventually gets to the point where uh he just loses everything and he just stays peter and it's it's very cool to see how that works out for him um it's also cool but, to see how even that eats at his conscience though yeah because totally. it's like he's constantly almost wanting what he doesn't have yeah yeah no matter what that's why i say he's so conflicted because when he's spider-man that seems like what he wanted he wants to be peter but when he's peter he wants to be spider-man and then he wants mj but then when mj wants him he doesn't want mj yeah he's just so conflicted the entire movie do you know who he reminds me of who you get the best of both (laughs) worlds it's a hannah montana situation (laughs) okay yeah no he really is hannah montana (laughs) yeah no he really is and just like Miley, he's a little batshit crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it it's just just a great foundation for the movie to be built upon. We totally. see Peter stretched way too thin. Yeah. We see this villain who is going to stop at nothing but to recreate their great success, which was actually yeah. a failure. Yeah. And uh, Doctor Octavius's basically motive after failing is to just do it again but bigger. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I like the motivation for that because it's like you could have you could write a villain like even the green goblin was in the first one where it's like i'm evil i want to kill people i want to destroy the city i want to take control yeah because i'm power abuser and and, but then in this one he's like he's only doing evil things because he wants to prove that his experiment was right and that he could do it and so for him he's like i just want to rebuild bigger but i need money for that well Mm -hmm. i could rob a bank i can't steal i wouldn't do that but it's worth it and I love that um, I missed this as a kid, mostly because I was a child, but also because I'm not good at watching movies. <laughs> but the the brainstem chip yeah, yeah. that stops the higher brain function, once that explodes, the tentacles have a mind of their own. Not yeah. only are they like animatronic extensions of self, they're also 
AI. So they yeah. have a mind of their own. And it's something that I really noticed in um, the Marvel trilogy. I mean, it's all Marvel, but like the yeah. MCU trilogy. Yeah. Um, because they they tell they don't show but when yeah. alfred molina says like the voices are finally gone mm-hmm. i didn't realize that even in spider-man 2 the tentacles are talking to him yeah they're the ones yeah. being like you need to rob the bank and he's like no i can't i'm a scientist i'm basing my conclusion off of scientific data i failed i miscalculated they're mm-hmm. like no you're a great man you're powerful you just need the money to save the city you'll it's kind of like a uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on the name. Like, not egalitarian, but basically, like, this idea that what's better for society is better for society, and that's what we pers- should pursue mm. rather than the individual self. Like, so yeah. what if I rob a bank and a couple people die or a couple people are traumatized? Mm-hmm. The amount of lives I'm going to save by building this power source is, like, infinite. Yeah. And that's uh, this fantastic motivation to write that for a villain. Oh, yeah. Y- y- like, I, in my opinion, you have to write villains that are, like, you can see their perspective and be like, Okay, I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know? they're boring. Yeah, totally. And and we do gotta mention the 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 scene where they're gonna cut off his arms and okay. the arms are surgically or uh, just welded basically to his spine. Yeah, they molded to and, his. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so good, so good. Uh, much like Sam Raimi's Evil Dead, which we both have not seen. Yeah. But it, every scene just reminds me of evil dead yeah one two and three for the next five minutes we're gonna be it's a funny character type we're gonna be two guys who haven't seen evil dead but have seen a horror film we're gonna be like you know what this is just like evil dead when all of those like zoom shots just like it's so much like evil dead it's so much like evil dead but it's also so much like raimi yeah it's like it's iconic raimi cinematography yeah uh (laughs) but actually though yeah no but actually (laughs) actually great scene um starts off so good with the it's like doctor v doctor right and Mm -hmm. so they're like we're going to surgically cut off aka use uh, a doctor's chainsaw Mm -hmm. on the tentacles and then kind of try to unweld this fusion at the spine yeah and it's this beautiful close-up shot it creates so much just claustrophobia seeing just the doctor's face with this saw blade mm-hmm. and then it he hears something and you see his eyes move and then it's a shot of just like this d-ring or, or like an oak lip or something holding up the tentacles and it's just swaying slightly and it cuts so back good. to the doctor and he's like anyone take shop class and it starts to go and chop him off mm-hmm. when all of a sudden a tentacle comes out and you see it in the reflection of another doctor's goggles and just oh, grabs him. Yeah, so good. And I love so good. I love the shot of when you see all the arms spread out and they're flailing around and just going nuts, swinging people around, throwing people, grabbing them by the face, yeah. throwing them through windows. Everybody's screaming. People are dying. The lady who gets pulled by her legs and it, into the dark where she's scraping her fingernails on oh, the yeah. ground. So brutal. It's like, as a kid, that just like... It had such a crazy, like, freaky reaction to see that for me. Dude, just isn't this PG? PG-13, I It think. is? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say there's no blood, which yeah. led to me as a kid being like... Because I definitely watched it before I was 13. I mean, it came mm-hmm. out in 2004. We were both born in the 2000s, so yeah. we probably saw it too young. But I def- I saw this movie at like four or five. Yeah, that's yeah. way too young. Yeah. Uh, I saw it like a mature child at six. Um, <laughs> no, but for real, like... As a kid, I knew that scene was wrong, but I mm-hmm. didn't know why. I was like, oh, it's kind of evil. But like yeah. literally evil death. But literally yeah. every person gets grabbed by the face, grabbed by the chest, thrown around. The only difference is there's no blood. Yeah. And it's like, and it's honestly like, there's no graphic violence, but it's like, it's more brutal 
and scary than a lot of it's, movies. It's you know? honestly so like just the blunt force trauma over and over again. Yeah. With no blood is almost more scary than if they did like gory blood everywhere. And just the the, the vibe that. He- okay, so the computer just stopped again. We uh, caught ourselves. We this caught time. ourselves this time. We oh, only lost man. like a minute of content. So basically, what we were saying is. Um, the usage of closed frames to create the vibe of the scene mm-hmm. where it's just like you feel so claustrophobic yeah and so there's this basically this thing where um Raimi uses his zooms he zooms in on a doctor's face zooms in on a chainsaw and then zooms in on the doctor reaching for it yeah it's so good the use of like screen shake zooms in this are like they work they're yeah. so motivated it shows the weight and the terror of octavius yeah. after his transformation wherein in like i don't know the green goblin to me in one was never like a a heavy duty bout mm-hmm. i mean obviously he has superhuman strength and everything. yeah but to me it was always agility because of the glider yeah like he was very mischievous very like calculated mm-hmm. not to say that octavius isn't but with those four extra giant it's ass tentacles, brute force. it feels like he could brute force his way into anything. Plus, he's a genius. Yeah. So it's like he has the brains and the brawn. Yeah. Whereas the Green Goblin was insane and quick and conniving. Yeah. And so to have these booms, boom, boom, every time he does something and the zoom to go along with so it. So good. So great. Yeah. It's, it's funny because um, I watched these movies as a kid, but then I didn't know really about Sam Raimi until I was older and did research into yeah. like, uh, like, oh, he's known for Evil Dead and he's a horror director. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you watch the movies, you get it. It's like, oh yeah, like there's a lot of scary scenes in these movies and jump scares yeah. and like tension building of like, yeah, when Doc Ock is climbing up buildings and oh. you hear the, the, the claws like slamming into the wall and it's just this loud thump and this creepy vibe that's created where you see the person being like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just hear something crawling up. Like, it's so good. Dude, yeah, it's great. That whole doctor scene is just so fantastic. One of the best scenes. Definitely so good. Yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, I mean, the momentum is then carried on because after this evil dead uh <laughs> doctor comes back to life essentially and kills everyone you have another great scene filled with a lot of tension in uh jay jonah jameson's sons uh coming home from the moon or something yeah i think before this there was the bank heist you is that right. yeah and uh, i do want to say at the end of the the doctor scene where it's like he goes no i just Classic. think that's so it's so corny like <laughs> which is funny because i agree but like Dude, I don't know. I kind of like him. It reminds me of the end of Star Wars Episode 3 when Darth Vader's like, no, I killed Padme. No. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, every time I see that, I just like have this corny association with it. But I don't want to say it's bad. It's 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 a comic book movie. Yeah. Like, he's going to do that. Like, it fits, I it, guess. It feels like the... Uh like the long rectangle piece at the bottom of a comic book where yeah. it would break through the comic lines, yeah, you know? Yeah, no! Totally, totally feels like that. Which is a little more uh, forgivable in a in a comic book movie than like something in Star Wars where it's supposed to be a great, like... Yeah, and uh, maybe one day we'll review the Star Wars yeah, movies. Oh, okay, I mean, <laughs> hot take, they're all bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue one of them is solid. Honestly, I'm going to say it now. Uh, George Lucas and his stands... My least favorite cinema trope are George Lucas and Joyers. Yeah. People who call him enough. George, 
Mr. George. They just call him George. <laughs> like, or, or like Mr. Lucas. Mr. Lucas. There was a... The great Mr. Lucas. Yeah, I had a friend whose uh, uncle, like, kind of worked with him uncle on ben? some things. Yeah, my Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know him. He goes to a different school. But, no, he would call him George. And I'm like, dude, just... George is fantastic. He wrote the Bible, but in uh, sci-fi fiction. Fantasy. Yeah, you know what he did? He said, imagine a universe that would be super cool, now make it bad. Unlike Sam Raimi, who is like... Which is flawless. Flawless. Never made a bad movie. No, this Except movie, for Evil Dead. In comparison, um, this movie's so good. But, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, the bank scene is great because it yeah. really shows off the dynamic between uh, Octavius and the tentacles. Yeah, and... and um, yeah, we already mentioned the motivation, right? I know. So, I'm trying to figure out yeah. if we said or haven't said anything because we're on like take 500 <laughs> of this shit. But yeah, yeah, basically the tentacles talk to him. Yeah. And, which is great. And it's funny how Peter and Aunt May are at the bank. They're trying to get a loan so for, funny. Um, for the house and they can't get it. Uh, bank guy's just being an asshole. Uh, can we still get this toaster? Uh, no, you have to put a deposit at 300 actually. Yeah. Okay. And then literally three feet away, Doc Ock is standing in front of this it, bad like, CGI bank vault. Fucking whip pans to it. Which yeah. <laughs> I love the camera movement in this, man. Like the zooms and good. the whips are so good. But it yeah, is really this good. horribly CGI vault, which... I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but we did talk about how the CGI character model of Spider-Man is better. Mm -hmm. There are some still a couple of shitty moments of CGI, like the bank vault door. Yeah. But oh my God, the 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 arms and tentacles of yeah. No, I think Octavius. I think the arms are like some like real like they um, are animatronic. Yeah, animatronic. Them. Honestly, just get used to it. All right, so the animatronic arms. <laughs> animatronic arms, uh, real life arms, not CGI, which is something that you really got to praise for the early superhero movies. Dude. They used more practical effects, and turns out practical effects look more real than CGI, even modern day CGI. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Who getting... thought? Yeah, it's like, it's good now, but they over-rely on CGI now. Yeah. And it's like, back then... They, they knew the CGI wasn't perfect, so the, the CGI was more to highlight stuff, and they would try and use practical effects when they could, which I just have mad respect for that. And It looks so good. Yeah, and I too gotta mention the bank vault of why is all the money gold coins the golden blue it's golden coins like like it's and it's like it's not pennies like it's just like it's like it's like dollar bill coins yeah and it's like it just doesn't make sense it's because we're actually in canada and those are loonies and toonies <laughs> i guess so we're in canadian new york yeah canadian new york <laughs> and it's just like so dumb and it's like it's cool it looks cool in the shot when they're throwing bags of of coins oh, and yeah, they're and they exploding explode. but it's just like it doesn't make sense at all it's yeah. so dumb and it's just like you could just have real money in it you could have dollar bills or something and money's floating in the air you could have yeah, done something you cool. could do something with that but i wonder if it was uh because uh because uh everybody invested in bitcoin and those are actually bitcoins dude yeah um, Ramy in 2004 knew about the bitcoin crash in 2022 but he yeah. also knew about the peaks in 2019 yeah uh, doc ock was trying to steal the secret vault of bitcoins it's honestly up to the people of high intelligence to understand and invest in things like bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should really Really, really invest in bitcoin this is not financial advice yeah uh anyways yeah. Um, but after the bank scene then we move on to the j jonah jameson introduction of spaceman and he yeah he did uh i love really quickly how he did uh, uh aunt may <laughs> smacks doc ock in the face all slow-mo and then they like oh, saves yeah. aunt may and it was a really good scene there i love that Aunt action. May was going crazy in that shit she like stopped the uh, bank worker from taking a golden doubloon. Yeah. She beats the shit out of Octavius. Like 
She went harder than Spider-Man did. I wouldn't be surprised if she did a little grab and squeeze on Spider-Man's <laughs> butt. Give him yeah. a little pat on the ass. Good shit out there, champ. I love when Peter uh, runs away when it all first starts to. And, and, Don't and, leave and, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like some hero your kid is. Yeah. <laughs> like Little does he know. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. But yeah, action scene was fantastic. Loved yeah. it. Loved the wall uh, fighting when they're just on the wall. I love that they're both arachnid. Ask. yeah like, yeah that is true it's like yeah. they're fighting i mean it's literally like peter versus what peter could be yeah it's so good that is that's a good point yeah. yeah but yeah great great scene aunt may just just going hard man just like i love when she says thank you to the statue oh the um, angel scene is very funny it reminds yeah. me of the prayer one in the first yeah shout out to our religious aunt queens. may is very devoted to the faith just like me yeah, you better pray every night. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Or like, else Octavius Sam <laughs> and the Goblin are coming for you. If there's anything Sam Raimi taught me is that it's I need to be religious. Yeah, find God. Come back um, once you found God. Yeah. Um, but speaking of coming back, J. Jonah Jameson's son. If Dude, I have to say J. Jonah Jameson's son one more damn time. My son, the astronaut. My son, <laughs> the, the 500th time you've said that. My son, the astronaut. Yeah, who cares, man? Um, you run a shitty newspaper and as soon as you say who cares i'm gonna go into a big tangent about why there's the importance of jj having a son that's an astronaut okay tell uh, me. <laughs> basically i mean this is like everybody's talked about this already yeah but, but anyways um, um so moving on <laughs> <laughs> no but like it's um you know everybody's like if you're on r slash ramey memes or mm -hmm. whatever somebody's probably mentioned it but the j jonah sees you know his son the astronaut as more of a hero than spider-man because to him going to space as a normal man and taking you know that leap to do that is more of a heroic thing so jj has more respect for you know people who are like firefighters or something than somebody who has superpowers and is just like using their powers to fight crazy villains so you can see the motivation for jj of he feels like Spider-Man is taking the spotlight away from his son who should be the actual hero because he's just a normal human, human being who's doing great things. That's actually really interesting because when we were watching it, you were like, this scene's actually really good for the like psyche and development of J. Jonah Jameson's character. Yeah. And I was like watching it and I was like, I don't... <laughs> I don't get it. He's, don't... Just, he's just quipping more. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, he made a funny joke like, wake up, Peter, get the shot. When yeah. uh, he's, his son says that he's going to marry MJ. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just trying to do an anti-spoilers way of telling me to like shut up and watch the movie. No. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. I never thought about that dynamic. I yeah. thought J. Jonah Jameson, I guess... Yeah, no, this makes sense. I thought J. Jonah Jameson was more like kind of like a Citizen Kane-esque like news mm. reporter. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like guy who's seen Citizen Kane thinks every news reporter is Citizen Kane. But like how Kane kind of establishes himself as like a newspaper tabloid mm -hmm. for like getting money. And that's yeah. how J. Jonah Jameson's kind of like a tabloid and defacing Spider-Man for money. Yeah. Um, but again, as a guy who's only seen one movie ever, I guess I know nothing. No, I love the depth that they... It's not like a lot, but it's like they add depth to jj like even yeah. in the first movie how it's like he won't rat out peter in this movie how he has more respect for his son the astronaut rather than somebody who just has magical spider powers yeah you know i i just think that's really cool but he also wants to be spider-man he does he, in the extended cut they do reveal that he wants to be spider-man he's puffing on that stogie it's so good Taking i love it he looks he looks so 
funny. It's like it's like his bottom half looks like Tobey Maguire, but then there's just J.K. Simmons' head over yeah. the Spider-Man suit, and it just looks so goofy. It's so. But funny. I just love that they included that in the extended cut. That that was the most surprising scene for me. That okay. shit was so funny. That also reminds me. Uh, I don't remember his name, mm-hmm. but um, the guy who's always in the office, and when they find. Uh, it's a Spider-Man suit in the garbage and he's holding the mask and looking down at the mask yeah. before he gives it over to Jonah um, as a guy who's only seen one movie. Um, that's the guy who plays Radio Rahim in Do the Right Thing, which Zach hasn't seen. I've not seen but I I literally, that. I literally paused it and I went, that's Radio Rahim! And you're like, I'm what? Like, no, that's the guy from Spider-Man. You're like, that's <laughs> the guy from Spider-Man. And then we had a conversation. Guys, Zach has never seen a Spike Lee movie. He's never seen a Spike Lee joint. Soon, that will be... Uh, I think you'll really like him. No, yeah. I'm actually, I've am i only heard great things about yeah. Spike Lee, so the I ghost. genuinely do want to watch like, yeah. some Spike Lee yeah. movies. But Tangent um, over. I just yeah. had to say, I had like a, I've seen this guy in another movie moment, and that never happens for me. Yeah. That only happens for me with like, I'll be watching a movie with Brad Pitt, and I'll be like, oh, he's in every movie ever. Or I'll be watching yeah. a movie with like... Benedict Cumberbatch and I'm like did you know he was in Sherlock and everyone's like yeah shut up <laughs> uh, I do that with J.K. Simmons when I'm like oh he was the uh, abusive drum teacher uh, <laughs> in uh yeah not quite my tempo with Flash <laughs> not quite my tempo I love that so much yeah um, I haven't seen that but if I bet if I we gotta watch that we gotta watch that I do genuinely want to watch that yeah, but um, uh yeah and then I do love the scene of this was kind of after everything um uh, the Daily Bugle finds out about Doc Ock and yep. they're like naming, giving him names. They're like, Doc Ock, that's stupid. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Taken. Did he say Taken he for Doctor Strange? Taken. Which is really funny. There is no other superheroes. Like in this universe, Spider-Man is the only superhero. Uh, mm-hmm. We can assume. But um, Yeah, they killed the damn franchise. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just so funny how... Uh, Sam Raimi ended up directing the newest Doctor Strange movie and they referenced Doctor Strange in this movie. Cool little reference there. Which is also funny because when we were watching it, you said that. And I was like, oh yeah, that is cute. I was like, wait, J.K. Simmons directed the new (laughs) fucking Doctor Strange? J.K. Simmons famously did direct the new Doctor Strange. And he uses the iconic J.K. Simmons zoom shots in those. Like when J.K. Simmons directed Evil Dead. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he directed Evil Dead. He did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Famously directed Evil Dead. um, Directed all of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah crazy how that happens that's wild yeah he really cast himself as uh j jonah jameson big shout outs to jk simmons he's really grinding he's he's doing it yeah um but i think the the scene where j jonah jameson's son comes back is another like i don't know this movie feels like it goes in like third so like there's this mm-hmm. great foundation mm-hmm. it's almost like it's three acts for all movies or whatever but uh um, <laughs> yeah blowing your mind here with this two guys <laughs> one movie uh, analytics but the first act we have the foundation in the building now mm-hmm. we're getting ready for the climax but like yeah. with the establishment of like okay spider-man is like fucked like he's mm-hmm. gonna have to go fight dr octavius obviously well at least peter can still try to have fun in his social life no he's getting yelled at by his boss to take pictures of the boss's son nepotism with yep. uh mj horny yeah. and then harry gets super drunk and peter's like hey maybe we don't do this and harry's like you know what you coward you piece of shit you defended the man who killed my father yeah. you're actively stopping the arrest of the man who fucking murdered my dad fucking slaps him you piece of shit slaps him even harder even harder i love that so good. that was i remember watching that as a kid and that genuinely shook me i'm like whoa what the hell dude i don't that's crazy because i don't remember that as a kid i honestly 
honestly think i was like this is boring there's no action yeah no like as a kid genuinely when i'd watch movies i wouldn't listen to the dialogue yeah i would like zone out the dialogue watch the action action scenes and be like oh that's visually stimulating yeah it's just like and so it's funny going back and then like actually listening to the dialogue and be like oh these are character motivations that's crazy yeah uh but yeah so and i just love how Every time Peter tries to get a drink or an hors d'oeuvre or something, somebody Dude. takes it from him. And it just like that happens like five times in that scene, which is just so good. It just like they really stick with the idea that Peter is getting beat up and just like just fucked over every time. I can't remember if we said this seven takes ago or in this version, but I do <laughs> think that's the way Spider-Man should be. Yes. He's got to yes. be the guy who's down bad all the time, but yet always does the right thing. That makes me yeah. alone. Just saying that makes me want to cry. Like that man is yeah, the hero. Yeah. Dude. Like he's so self sacrificing that he yeah. is ruining his own life for the betterment of other people. He's the goat. Yeah, he really is. And it's just like, it's so, I just love that. It's so, it's good. so good. And it's just like, they really nailed the comic character of Spider-Man in this one. Yeah. Like they got the origin story in the last one, but they really nailed the dynamic of Peter and Spider-Man in this yeah. one. And they even like delve into his, like his psyche. So like when yeah. after the, the party, he goes eventually to the doctor mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, tripping out about like my spider powers are gone, but obviously he doesn't say it like that. And mm-hmm. it's really funny to see the doctor talk to him and be like, you know, I go to a psychologist, but it's 2004, so he calls him a shrink. He's like, I go to a shrink, and she tells me, like, basically, I need to figure out what I want, Mm -hmm. and I need to figure out who's stopping me from getting what I want, and I need to go get it, and I need to make sure that what I want is what I really want, because if I go get it, I need to come back with it. Yeah. I won't settle for anything less. Do you think that doctor knew he was Spider-Man? Because he was like, Peter was like, in my dreams, actually, in my friend's dreams, he's Spider-Man, and he can't be Spider-Man. Interesting. I, I think as Raimi as a director was probably trying to make it a cute little like my friend has ED, you know, like erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the doctor's like, oh, well, I would tell your friend to go do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But I do like to dive into fan theories a little bit. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of cute like when things like that happen. I wouldn't say the doctor as much, mm-hmm. but I will say later on when Octavius throws Peter into the wall during the coffee shop scene with MJ, mm-hmm. I think Octavius knows, which is mm-hmm. then contradicted at the end when Peter takes off the mask and Octavius is like brilliant but lazy, which is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do like in my head, in my uh, head canon, I do choose to believe that much like Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, that Octavius also figures out yeah i just like to assume that just every character that peter ever interacts with is just like yeah he's spider-man he's probably spider-man like everybody has a hunch we'll talk about it later with Aunt May. and even mary jane at the end was like oh Oh, i kind of knew (laughs) like it's like that's just the worst kept secret he's ever had it's just so funny and um yeah just that i loved the just the theme in the doctor's office i love the speech that he gives it's it's just nice to hear it's just like him just being like, you know, this is just kind of a mental block for you. Maybe this isn't what you want. Maybe you don't want to be Spider-Man. Maybe you just want to be a normal human. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be climbing up those walls. Yeah, maybe you're not supposed to be doing that. And it's, it's really cool. I really like that. And and the, uh, I mean, I could be wrong in saying this, but I think the scene is extended in the 2.1 version. Because I don't remember oh. a lot of the dialogue that happens originally when I watched it. So... I feel like they definitely extended a lot of it. I don't remember him talking about his shrink at all. Um, but I do remember like the general idea of the speech was still in there. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, and then they had a whole another scene with like MJ and she was talking to her girlfriends about um, oh, yeah. the astronaut and they were like, do you actually love this guy? And she's like, oh, I Very guess so. Much so. And then, yeah, and then like her friend is like, well, it's like, she's kind of referencing like love stories and stuff. Yeah. She's like, it's like, well, if you love him, like, you know, you love him. If you do love I him, I love him. I adore him. He's the reason I wake up. The da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, lady. I, I love yeah. movies. I don't love this scene, though. <laughs> Completely. That was, it was not cute. in the original version cute. at all. That entire scene, not in it. That makes sense, because as a kid, when I would watch it, I'd be like, why is she still talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably, like, that scene, you probably didn't have to have in the movie. It makes sense while it's a hour 25, or rather, why is a 25-minute theatrical run? Yeah. 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 Um, but it's a great segue, that doctor scene, into Peter ditching the suit. Mm-hmm into actually a comic book run that zach has a poster of yeah spider-man no more spider-man no more where he basically walks away i just i love just watching all these superhero movies and kind of seeing the comics that they're based off of and seeing how closely it follows the comics and this one it's like it takes elements of a bunch of different comics but it does take heavy elements from spider-man no more where he gives up being spider-man and it has that shot of the spider-man suit in the trash can as he's walking away very iconic scene and um yeah i just i love he just finally gets to the point where he's like you know what i'm done being spider-man i'm just gonna be a normal peter yeah and then you see like he's able to manage his normal life way better he is going to school he's paying attention he's answering questions he's uh is he working? I don't know. Do they show know. a scene of him yeah, working? I don't, I don't know if he works, but he definitely is like... With MJ, he's able to go to her play and he talks to MJ. And he's still at least established at the Daily Bugle because if, yeah. the, if Spider-Man's gone, which the garbage guy brings in Spider-Man's suit to J. Jonah Jameson and that's mm-hmm. where he tries it on, you know, yeah. the extended cut. But I think there's a sort of understanding there and Peter is definitely... I mean, at the very least, his confidence is through the roof. Yeah. And I, I love the montage of the raindrops keep falling on my oh head. My God. It's so it's so intentionally goofy. I feel like yeah. it was just like it was meant to be corny, like that that it, whole scene. It's like unfortunate foreshadowing to the finger gun scene in three. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It was like the finger gun scene, but better. And like it actually it like landed. fit the story, and it felt like this the finger gun scene in Spider Man Three was like corny, but there's some part of it that felt like it was like trying to be genuine and real. Yes. But in this one, it was like okay, we're just trying to be corny. We're trying to get you to laugh. That reminds me of something you said in failed podcast attempt two hundred seven <laughs> when you were talking about how the mono or rather the dialogue between Pete and MJ in the hospital. Or whatever when yeah. peter's like when i look into mj's eyes i see and he like talks for way too long mm-hmm. how peter um is trying to woo mj over with poetry and yeah. she stops him oh that's right yeah we totally missed that oh, yeah he uh, <laughs> so funny she's like bro i'm like getting married now like, like it's not a game you, you can't convince me and he's like every and then what does he say every night i look into her eyes or whatever poetry he just he just goes into it immediately and it's just so corny and it's so funny and she stops it yeah and she's like what are you doing dude like come on like i gave you your chance but you're like fumbling the bag now you're just gonna start reciting poetry out of nowhere like that's not gonna do anything for you you had the power of my heart in the palm (laughs) of your hand you threw it away man yeah yeah, yeah, and I, I do love how immediately when Peter starts being Peter fully again, he tries to get with MJ. He goes to her play, and he's like yeah. trying to flirt with her, trying to get dinner with her, and she's like, 
come on. Like, I yeah. gave you this chance. You know I'm getting married. Like, what are you doing? There's this really good line from Peter, though, when he's doing that to show how committed he is to, mm-hmm. like, the Spider-Man thing. Because as he loses his powers, which we'll talk about in the next scene where, like, he goes into a burning building. Like, yeah. he's not as strong anymore. He's not as super anymore because he's really not leaning into it. It's a mental block. Yeah. Um, Peter's like, punch me, I bleed. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why it stuck out to me, but I wrote it down like two different times when we were taking notes during the movie. It is a really good line. It's it's like so like on the nose because obviously he's Spider-Man when he gets hit, he just tanks it like a boss. But yeah. when he's talking to MJ, it's like, punch me, I bleed. I'm here in front of you. I'm flesh. Like I'm just a man asking yeah. you to be with me. Yeah. And it's so like humanizing for yeah. somebody who's been seen as super, even so much so that during our first pod, I was like, he's too Spider-Man already. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's too yeah. super. He's too amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great line that just shows how committed he is to just being Peter up until a couple of events like the burning building. Yeah. Where he runs in, saves the girl, but in doing so, he tries to knock it down with his shoulder. The door won't go. He has to kick it mm-hmm. down. He finally grabs the the little girl, jumps across the... I mean, he's. it feels like a Uncharted 3, the video game. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. all these QTEs in this burning building. And when he finally throws the little girl over up over her shoulder. Oh my gosh. And there's a cute moment where she like tries to help him up. That it's was very, very cute. Yeah. It's very sweet. But She's a cute little girl. I just think it's funny how there's just again another burning building in New York. Right. And again, uh somebody left their child, their baby, in a burning building. It's like, what are you doing? Like that's the first thing you grab when you leave a burning building is your child. Bro, I think um Future took a lot of inspo from this. The rapper. <laughs> I think so. Because first of all, Spider-Man's never wearing his mask. Mask off. And second of all, fuck them kids. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, Leave them in burning buildings. These poor kids are having a hard time during these movies, man. Yeah, getting lung cancer, just forgotten. Yeah. But I do like that it takes so long for him to get through the building that after all this, you see Peter and they're like, these two firefighters are looking at him like he's a hero. He's like taking in the oxygen. And they're like, yeah, somebody on the fourth floor got stuck. Yeah. And it's like, I can't fucking do anything right. That does pull on the heartstrings because it's like... It's so he, sad. It's like he, he he was a normal human. He still went out of his way to save the day. And he genuinely, that is like really like that shows his character that he's willing to do that. And, and any normal person that does that, that can save one person out of a burning building, they're going to be seen oh as gosh. a hero. It's like, yeah, sorry, you couldn't save everybody, but nobody can save everybody. But for him, he was like, if I was Spider-Man, I could have saved everybody. But he literally could have. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. Okay. Attempt number 907. Uh, <laughs> Zach, you just finished off by saying, you know, he couldn't, he could have saved everyone if he was Spider-Man. Whereas if you're a regular person, I don't know why I'm recapping it. If they've already heard it, whatever. Yeah. You literally heard this 10 seconds ago yeah, in us, your time, but in my time it was 12 hours. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, he's, he's having some regrets of he, maybe he wants to be Spider-Man again Yeah. because he realizes he can't save everybody as a normal human being. Just like how he couldn't save uncle Ben. Exactly. And that's what is the next kind of like third of the movie relies on this kind of like Peter coming back to Spider-Man. And it really starts Mm -hmm. off when Pete and uh, Aunt May are having tea together. And oh my gosh, it's so brutal because Aunt May talks about how it's her fault that Uncle Ben died because it was her idea to have Uncle Ben drive Peter to the library rather than letting him take the train. Mm -hmm. And Peter sees that and, you know trying to fully lean into being Peter and getting rid of the Spider-Man, he has like one last big lie and it's yeah. how Ben died. And so he like, you know, tells this awful story to yeah. May. Cause you know, I mean, we've all seen it in Spider-Man one, but the, the hand placement 
the shot where it shows oh, Peter man. and May's hand and she pulls it away. Oh, God. Brutal. That, that is so rough. Brutal. And I, I can't imagine being Aunt May in that scene and, and hearing from Peter of being like, actually, I was the reason he died. Yeah. I lied about where I was going and all that. And then I held his hand as he died. And she was just like in shock. She literally could not process it. Had to go upstairs. Yeah. It was so brutal. It was, it was awful. And man, like uh, watching it too, like uh, it was tugging at my heartstrings. Like yeah. it, 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 I think at this point I was like kind of teary eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the next scene, it, it got a tear or oh, two for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just so sad to see this dynamic between uh, Aunt May and Peter. Cause I feel like they did a better job in this one, or maybe it's just because we had the first movie as establishing shots and whatnot, or mm-hmm. rather establishing film of the relationships between Peter and May, Peter and MJ and Peter and Harry. Cause in mm-hmm. this one, I was like, damn, like that is not Aunt May. Aunt May is always the one who's like, it wasn't your fault. Like, if Aunt May were a perfect person, right? She was always the emotional support for him. Yeah, she would have been like, it wasn't your fault. Yeah. Like, there was no way you could have known. Yeah. But she wasn't. And it's like to see that as the final kind of blow to Peter, where it's like, even when he's just Peter, this like thing of Spider Man is like messing him up. He can't save everybody. He's still hurting people. Yeah. What can he not have anything he wants? And there is also the scene where he, after the doctor's appointment, where he has the. I guess in his dream world of where he <laughs> talks to Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben is talking right. about him being Spider-Man and he's like, I can't be Spider-Man and and just and Uncle Ben is like like pleading for him to be Spider-Man. He's like, this is like, remember what I taught you? Remember what I told you? And he's like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't balance it. Ben's like, take my hand. And Pete's like, I can't keep living your dream anymore. Yeah. And it's brutal. It's just yeah. so it is really emotional to see like. I, I didn't know that there was Spider-Man No More as a comic run, mm-hmm. but dude, it makes so much sense because like, oh my God, it hurts every time to yeah. see him constantly beat up again and again and again, even when he tries to be heroic and tell Aunt May the truth of it so Aunt May can stop blaming herself. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, well, shit, I might've just ruined that relationship. Yeah. Literally, no matter what he does, he's just always getting into trouble and ruining relationships and it's so sad and it's it like is. it's understandable why he eventually gets to the point where he's like you know what i'm done with this like i can't do anything right and he's trying so hard and um yeah it's really emotional like yeah. th- this movie really gets the emotions going way yeah. more than the first one. Oh yeah the first one was just kind of like generic origin story like this one really switches up the dynamics between everybody and really is just good with that stuff yeah and then the next scene where he talks with Aunt May as Aunt May is moving because she can't afford to live in the house anymore. Yeah. Got a small apartment and one of the neighbor's kids, he's a few years older. Peter's like, well, he's he's an older kid now. A lot uh, happens in two years. Yeah. And um, yeah, that kid was, he idolized Spider-Man and he was wondering where did Spider-Man go? And uh, Aunt May just delivers just the best speech in the movie. It's like one of the best scenes of her explaining why people need heroes and yeah. and um there's there's one i think i wrote down one of the lines here um everybody needs a hero people uh people stand in the rain for hours just to catch a glimpse of the person that taught us to hold on a minute longer i think that's really cool she's just explaining why Dude. kids and people need heroes which is just so cool and it's like and then she goes into the part where she's like People should stand up for doing the right thing, even if that means giving up what you want the most, giving up your dreams. It's just so good. So good. It's like genuinely a very emotional scene. Dude, yeah. When it, it, and it was at that moment when she delivered the line about like, you know, to 
wait for one more minute i like felt it like oh, in my throat man. i was like getting like that feeling of like i'm gonna start bawling because yeah. it's so sad and it's so true like i mean yeah i mean the reason we're like even doing this and watching this like spider-man is like our I, I, is your favorite hero he the top top two okay yeah. he's he's my favorite and 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 in your top two and like this just like i mean we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't important to us and yeah. like even though it's not real i mean it but it feels even, so good. Even that, the dialogue there is kind of a commentary on real life too. Because yeah. it's like, why do people idolize these fake superheroes? Yeah. Because they do those things that she was explaining of like, it gives people good values and it gives people like a uh, motivation to hold on a minute longer, even though they're being beaten down in every minute of their life. And it's like, it's something to idolize and to look up to and inspire them to do better. And it's like, and it explains why people in life just have heroes, regardless of superheroes, if they idolize a musician or whatever it is, yeah. you know, like it just gives, it inspires people. And she's explaining why the world needs Spider-Man. And Peter's like the world. And, and the Peter was like telling the kid, he's like, I don't take pictures of Spider-Man anymore because he quit. And I don't know if he's going to come back. Yeah. And Peter was just kind of done with it. And she was explaining why Spider-Man needs to come back. And he was like, yeah, she's right. And that that whole scene, even as a kid, like I was just like watching it. And I was thinking like Aunt May like has to know he's Spider-Man because like that was just kind of her almost like subtly just like pushing him to be like, hey, come on, go out and be Spider-Man again. Do it, you know? And yeah, because like people need it. And yeah, and like regardless of if she doesn't know or not or uh, does know or not, it's like still a very powerful scene. And I, I in my head canon, I like to believe that she kind of knows he's Spider-Man and knows that he quit and she's yeah. trying to motivate him. I I agree. I I think she has to know. Like in my mind, she has to know. And it's just so powerful too because the whole speech she's giving is basically like kind of on theme with the one that Octavius was giving earlier, where it's yeah. like kind of a a reference to uncle ben's like with great power comes great responsibility just from a different perspective or expanded upon mm -hmm. and it's just like i mean everything you said like yeah i agree I, there's nothing more to say you so said it all good. it's just so, so good. literally that scene made me cry several times yeah. as a kid like, just the idea even now it makes you tear up like, right it's so good of like believing in somebody so good who always does the right thing you're like it just makes you want to do the right thing yeah. every time no matter what, you see him get bullied and beaten down, and you're yeah. like, "There goes my hero!" <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, yeah. for real, it's so it's so heartwarming and so good. I think it, I agree. She has to know. Yeah, she has to. Know. It's it makes it better. If she knows one of the best scenes in the entire trilogy, in my oh, yeah. opinion. Like that was probably the most emotional scene. So good. With the context of everything, it's the hardest punch. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And immediately after that, he realizes he's like, I have to be Spider-Man again. And the this scene is so funny. It's it's a lot of comedy right after followed up right. by this very serious scene of him on the roof. And he's like, he's like, focus on what I want and then I'll get it or whatever he says. And he's sprinting and there's like 30 seconds of him sprinting with his goofy face glasses on and the just like, weirdest face yeah <laughs> just the epic music as he just keeps running and he's so focused and then eventually he jumps off the building and i just love the idea that it's like this dude doesn't have any powers he thinks he can get it back by forcing himself but he's just jumping off a building and seeing what happens and then he's like swinging in the air he's like or not swinging but like in the air and he's like I, I, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, and then falls 
all the way down, screaming, catches like a clothesline. Yeah. And then like hits a wall and then just falls onto a car, uh, car, bounces off it, hits his back on another car. And then he's like, my back, my back. So good. You hear popping on his back as he tries to like lean back, but he just like can't. And he's just walking off. And, and I think in the extended cut, he walks off for like a second longer and another car horn goes off. <laughs> yeah. that They really, without that scene, the movie would have been incomplete. Oh, it in totally changes the whole, like for as emotional as Aunt May's speech was, this is 10 times more that. Yeah. Just to hear that car alarm blare. Because you really understand that he hurt his back and maybe the back is representative of the weight of the world he has to carry on oh, yeah. his back. And it hurts a lot because he's carrying a lot of shit. You know, I think this scene is probably the deepest scene in the movie. Yeah. Speaking of backs, let's throw it back Ooh. a little bit here to a reference that MJ tries to recreate with uh, Astronaut Boy. That's right. That's when right. Another funny scene that happens after or near that is when she's just hanging out, like sending off wedding invitations and her husband's like are you sure you don't want to invite your friend from <laughs> are you sure you don't want to invite peter who wants to fuck you yeah and she's like no he's a piece of shit i hate him and he's like all right but and then uh <laughs> she's like lean your head back for me and it, she walks over and starts making out with him and he's like i feel like i'm back on the moon <laughs> are you up there with me and mj's like this man is not yeah it. he it, it, it hits different when uh the upside down kiss is from a guy that can shoot webs out of his hands oh yeah it hits different like honestly J. jonah jameson might be right that like the everyday heroes are the everyday man but also <laughs> that spider dick hits different that spider dick hit different bro <laughs> yeah there's just no like i'm sorry but no normal guy can there's compare. nothing like it there's nothing you can do no he's just better yeah he's just you but better yeah but I mean, peter is you but worse yeah, yeah he really do be leading the double life yeah the that's, hannah montana that's crazy yeah the hannah montana um yeah yeah pretty uh pretty goofy little scene there but um, then it is like brought back into the final climax of the scene where it's like doc ock is finally done building his uh containment chamber mm -hmm. and he's like i need to get more tritium yeah to actually do this thing and he climbs up the walls and oh my god this is like my favorite Such a good scene like it, it's it's either this or later on with harry my favorite piece of like cinematography mm -hmm. where the camera is booming around harry with the lightning flashes and it's this close-up shot on his face and it's so claustrophobic he's looking left and right off screen and you just see doosh the camera zooms in and out with and shakes with yeah. every one of Otto's fucking legs into the damn wall. And he just climbs up and finally busts over the top. And jump just like, scare. Jump scare. Yeah. So scary. And he's like, give me the tritium. Yeah. And uh, Harry's like, you, let's make a deal. Mm -hmm. You bring me Spider-Man and you get your fucking, you get what you need. Yeah. And so he goes off and very tagged on at the end he's like don't hurt peter by the way which then <laughs> forgot to mention that <laughs> yeah it's so funny because now we finally see peter mm -hmm. and mj together and yeah. we're like finally mj doesn't want to marry this guy peter is in love with her and they share this dialogue where mary jane is like you know i think i believed you a part of me believed you and now i just want to chase that feeling and peter's like <laughs> 
Yeah, so Peter says, um, with great uh, uh, CPU intensive recording requires great CPU intensive man gear. Responsibility. Dude, honestly, we've been recording for like 17 hours straight. Yeah, I haven't eaten or slept in a while. Dude, I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, but okay. In case this... you couldn't tell, it, it dropped out. Yeah. But this scene is so good. So Peter um, is like, actually, you know, uh, I can't love you. That thing that I thought I didn't have to do, I have to do again. Why did he, so he's like, he's like, you know what? Actually, I lied. when I was confessing my love to you there, I actually lied. I take it back. I can't be there. And it's like, this is the second time you've done this. And they keep flip-flopping between who loves, who wants them. Or like, it's like Peter wants MJ, MJ wants Peter. And then they keep denying each other. It's just so goofy how it's like, Bro, like, you've been given this opportunity way too many times. Why are you switching up so often? And then it does this great shot where it shows the hands of MJ touching Peter. Mm-hmm. And you see her wedding ring. And it kind of parallels the one with uh, Peter and Aunt May. So you're yeah. expecting Peter to pull away and do the right thing and not kiss a woman who's engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, but his hand doesn't pull away. And he starts no. to lean in to kiss her. And it's going slow, not necessarily slow-mo, until all of a sudden Peter's spidey sense starts tingling. And I think... MJ wants to kiss Peter to find out if he's Spider-Man. Yeah, like it's like, oh yeah, those lips, those are those are Spider-Man's lips. Well, because at the end of one, when they kissed at, uh, when they kissed on Ben's actually decaying body, <laughs> yeah. um, she was like, wait a minute. Yeah, so she's like, I she need felt to. her lips. She's like, oh, that's that's some Spidey lips. Right yeah, there. He, he uses Bert's bees. I can tell. <laughs> um, she was like, I need to know one more thing. Like before I get married, I just need to know. And. It's interrupted by Octavius, who throws a car through the window at them, which, yeah. let's be honest, if the guy who's going to give you the one thing you need to achieve your goal of having the sun in the palm of your hand says, don't kill the dude, just bring him to me and don't hurt Peter, why the hell are you throwing a fucking automobile at him? And if you want Peter to contact Spider-Man, why are you throwing a car that will kill him? <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, Octavius knows. Yeah. But at the end, he does say like, Peter... Oh my god. It could just be bad writing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, shout out to the bad writers out there. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're with you. But, you know, it just, it's such a good scene to see, and I did get it confused with the uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I was ready for him to turn mm. around and punch the car. Never that would have been a cool would've shot been if they did do that. And yeah. it would have been cool for MJ to see him as Spider-Man like that, but she finds out it later, so it yeah. doesn't matter. But yeah, it's a great scene and great sequence because now Peter is like, fuck, he just took MJ. Yeah. And that was the mental block where it's like, love triumphs all he yeah just proving that horniness is the secret to his power oh yeah it, when when he's when he has a heart on he is spider-man when, when he when he's soft he isn't spider-man when the spandex is stretched thin in the crotch area that's when he can shoot his best web <laughs> yes the spider powers are activated then. they're the best and it, it's yeah he literally did have spider-man ed in the he movie he really did like, literally spider-man ed <laughs> yeah it, he just he jerked off yeah. Being Peter is succumbing to anti nofap. <laughs> Being Spider Man is nofap. He yeah, he actually relapsed on his uh, yeah. porn addiction yeah. and then he lost his Spider Man powers. But when he got his powers back, he was back at the ninety day. I was no gonna say streak. it just had happened to coincide. It yeah. was coincidence. Yeah. Um, just like the timing. spider bite was coincidence with his original ninety day reset he just this movie just proves the powers of nofap so i hope you're taking notes and listening but that builds up to the final climactic scene which is like so good yeah but you know to see peter finally have his powers back because of mj you're like oh it's cute like they're in love yeah yeah honestly the last when uh freaking he comes back uh to get his suit from j jonah jameson who has it on the wall yeah no i love that scene because it's like i love how when spider-man's gone jj is like 
you know i i couldn't see it he was a hero this entire time and now we need him the most he's literally doc ock has kidnapped my my son's uh soon-to-be wife yeah my daughter-in-law and, and he's like you know what we need spider-man now and then spider-man comes in steals the suit without him seeing and then he sees that the suit's stolen and he's like i want spider-man and it's so good because it does like a zoom onto his face shakes with him and pulls out the camera movement at the end and and the angles they use is just so top notch my favorite is at the very end which i'm so excited to get to and talk Mm -hmm. about but the way they use these camera angles and everything it's so great great cinematography this one yeah no actually really really good and yeah, then it goes to the see, uh, scene on the clock tower above the oh. um, train station. Yep. And apparently it's a train that's not even in New York. They just kind of just put that train there. Yeah, fucking. Um, yeah. New like, train just in this universe, there's a train. Yeah, we're in uh, Canada. So yeah. It makes sense. Canadian New York. Yeah. And um, yeah, really great. I love the, the fighting and action scenes in this movie, and especially oh. at this part where it's just like they're fighting on the clock tower. They're like breaking the, the clock, and then Spider-Man's like, in the air grabs the like one of the uh clock hands and then throws it back at him and they're falling they catch each other land on the train and then it's just, just great movement the, yeah the whole fight is so good of uh, it's such an iconic scene of just them fighting on top of the train going through the train spider-man getting grabbed getting thrown into the train and then out and then like falling and then like they're <laughs> webbing back up saving people and stuff it's so good it's really really good action and yeah it's just great capped off by the greatest cameo of all time joey diaz motherfucker (laughs) they were on the cane train yeah Yeah. (laughs) joey diaz was just trying to get some coke he was he was busy he didn't have time to waste he was going through withdrawals you want to get to him (laughs) you're gonna have to get through through me He's like his his withdrawals were going hard. He's like this motherfucking Doc Ock is not getting into my way. I'm getting coke by any means. By any means, I'm gonna do coke out of this prostitute's asshole. <laughs> greatest sex, greatest sex ever, man. Do not mess with Joey Diaz with no. when he's on coke withdrawals. Oh my god! Just like you don't mess with Spider Man when he's on no fat. Exactly. They're really just like yeah. nailing the point. I would home. love to see them fight. Yeah, no, that would that would have been yeah. Spider-Man 4 if <laughs> it was made. Yeah. Unfortunately, we n- never got to see it. Yeah, but. unfortunately, Sony ruined it. They blew their load too early and too many villains. <laughs> Sony should have listened to no fat. Yeah. Uh, they they should have listened to the story that they wrote. And they should have put Spider-Man on a skateboard. Because I heard you the know, kids love skateboards. Yeah, honestly, like the, the nerdiest thing I can think of is skateboarding. If they rebooted Spider-Man today, do you think he'd be a Peloton dad? <laughs> I hope so. You know what millennials love? The Peloton. Let's put Spider-Man on a Peloton. <laughs> really, it just like nails home the character of yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah. He wakes up every morning and he does his Peloton ride. And then he goes and does coke with Joey Diaz and he saves <laughs> lives, damn it. Yeah. All right? He's a progressive, new-aged man. We love him. <laughs> it's so good. I just, I still can't believe that Joey Diaz is just like in the front of that train, just like looking like Posted. he just... Looking like he just hasn't done coke in 12 hours. Like, he needs some. <laughs> it looks like he was in the, like, sober holding chamber overnight. Yeah, and he was yeah. taking the train home. Yeah. He was, like, shaken. He looked yeah. like shit. He, he looked so, like, nervous. And, like, it just, like, he's just, like, it's so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. good. And, yeah, yet another scene of New York uh, getting together, banding together to Yeah, and the reason why I like the Raimi films the most is because New York feels alive and real, just like a real city. Um, New York yeah. doesn't feel real in the other ones. Says a guy in fucking cleveland ohio you have nothing to do but binge spider-man all day <laughs> shut up much like us so much like us for real yeah but at least we're not get in a cleveland. podcast bro yeah, honestly 
I saw a tweet that was like uh, a group of two or more white guys is called a podcast. And I tried <laughs> to make it the banner on SoundCloud, but the image resolution was too low. But oh, just damn. pretend it is. Yeah, no, um, that'd be so good. But yeah, so and then the whole scene of Spider-Man stopping the train and um, just shooting webs all over the side of the train, getting pulled back and the goofiest fucking face from Toby of just like, oh yeah, looking like he shit his pants or the uh when when she keeps suck, sucking after your nut face you know like just such a goofy face but it is a good scene though like, scene. of him just stopping the train and uh he almost falls over everybody in the train grabs him and then like uh, carries him back like he's christ or something yeah like, it's very angelic and um yeah and then they all see his face and the kids are like we ain't gonna say nothing yeah we ain't gonna joey does we ain't gonna say nothing <laughs> Let me get my coke and we if can make this right. A, if you get me a tint of that of that Colombian, I won't say nothing, man. I'll <laughs> yeah. forget all about it. <laughs> Real New Yorkers Real right New there. York. Hey, I'm sniffing coke hey, here. I'm huh? walking in. Hey, hey. hey. I'm going through coke withdrawals, huh? <laughs> you can't stop me, Doc Ock. I'm getting my coke anyway. How <laughs> do you go about it? Which is funny too because then Doc Ock is just like, you have to get through us. Okay. Fucking yeah. drink, drink. Yeah, Knocks they're fucking out in there. Peter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then... Uh, Covers him in like oh, barbed wire, wire, barbed wire. When and Peter then... wakes up in the damn same couch that it looks like the stereotypical therapist couch. Yeah, uh, when he wakes up in the same couch that uh, fucking Norman Osborn died in. Yeah, there's some parallels there. Brutal. And then and the way Harry doesn't know. Yeah, and then Harry gives uh, Doc Ock the tritium, and he has the knife, and he's goes. He's like. I wish I could make you suffer like you made me suffer, but I'm just going to watch you die and that'll, that'll be good enough. And well, first um, that mask yeah. takes it off and then sees, and there's the look of shock in his face as he's just like, Oh, what the fuck? My best friend yeah. Peter is Spider-Man just, and then Peter's like, like, come on, Harry, like you, you got to think about more than you and I do that. Okay. That's my favorite part of the interaction between them is the way Peter's just like, there are things bigger than you and me right now going yeah. on. Where is Octavius? Yeah. And the fact that we don't get any resolution right away, like yeah. they don't show Harry being like, oh, he's back where he started. Mm -hmm. It just shows Spider-Man at the lab, the, the old yeah. lab that exploded. And it's, I don't want to talk about it yet, but mm -hmm. it also is great because it shows that like, Harry is still like Peter's my best friend, and he even says it later in my favorite scene in the whole movie, which I'm, I'm really still good. waiting. I'm still yeah. teasing it. I'm edging yeah. it, but um, yeah, no, it's great. And that final, final, final fight, yeah, where Otto gets fucking electrocuted to shit. It was a lot faster than I remember it being, but maybe that's because the, the train, train scene. scene. Yeah, so it's like the final fight in the warehouse wasn't that long, no. but the main part of it was the sun's getting bigger and soon that shit's gonna consume the whole earth it's yeah. gonna be the size of the, the actual yeah. sun and um yeah everything's getting sucked in um mary jane is tied up and yet again every single scene mary jane is the damsel in distress every single yeah. scene like it happened like twice in the first movie happened in this one at least once i don't know maybe more i don't know but it's and a it, trope yeah and it happens in the third one and it's just like you gotta switch it up, man. Like she can be, she can be kidnapped once, but like you, don't, you can't keep doing it over and over. And, and I, I hate to talk about the video game again, but like, mm. dude, she's written a lot better in that. She's still like not a real person and yeah. has like no real agency, like all real people do. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's so frustrating to watch these movies where 
women are just used as a vehicle because the character of MJ is so good. Yeah. She's such a great character and there's so much potential to do so much good shit with her. And meanwhile, she's just like, damn, that bulge looking massive in that spandex. Yeah. Come beat up Horny off for me, babe. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually she'll get a little bit more agency, but... I'm excited to see three yeah. for her character because I've never thought about her character in three. Yeah. And there's some good dynamic stuff, even though, the, you know, people hate the third movie, but there's some there's some good scenes in there. I'm but, excited. Um, but yes, yet again, damsel in distress and uh, Spider-Man's trying to save the day, trying to stop the machine. And um, Doc Ock is still Doc Ock. You know, he's still brainwashed by the tentacles. and uh, Until the end. Yeah. And then they basically, yeah, shock Doc Ock and he lands in the water and j- basically just fries the whole AI in there. But it it's similar to how Mary Jane has no agency. Yet again, we see a Raimi trilogy villain. Alfred Molina put on a great performance. Yeah. Great performance. I love the way he's sitting in that water and the tentacle kind of comes up and, and Pete like crouches down, takes off the mask and, and Octavius is like, Peter, brilliant but lazy. That's and really the way line. he delivers the lines, it's so similar to the way Willem Dafoe is able to take a, a shoddy script at times mm-hmm. and transform it into something so powerful. Like I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. Um, but Alfred Molina is just able to give just this beautiful beautiful performance and the interaction between peter and him is just incredible the way they're talking about the the chip that was supposed to stop higher brain function and 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 octavius just being like no no you listen Mm -hmm. to me now and finally gets control of the tentacles and as he like you know spider-man's like okay let's drown it like i'll go do it octavius stops him he says no let me do it and i also really love how when peter was trying to convince him uh to oh, remind yeah. him of himself he uses that line that was stated in the beginning of mm-hmm. how intelligence is not a gift it's a privilege to be used for the betterment of mankind and yeah it's a, it's i just love how they reuse that and it's flip-flop it's great writing peter's using it to doc ock to remind him of his old self and i love the he gets redeemed at the end of this movie Dude, it's really good. It and also yeah. adds to the theory from when no way home came out when they were like basically right after the movie came out. I don't know if it's still a thing or if it was just like a a Reddit thread that got upvoted a lot, but Mm -hmm. this idea that they took all of the villains moments before their deaths and that's why all of the villains sort of have this like redemption arc is because right before the end... I mean, obviously there is no way for Raimi to plan that. It's just a cute little coincidence. Um, But I don't know. There's something so great about uh, Octavius standing there right before it, finally goes under being like i will not die like a villain like i'm going yeah i love that line. Hero. that was a really good line i will not die a monster yeah i will not die a monster. so good and yeah he sacrifices himself drowns the sun in the water yeah and um and then yeah uh mj sees peter maskless and then yeah. like he, he stops like a giant wall of the warehouse fa- hey. from falling hey hey and um you know they just talk for a little bit as the sun is being drowned in water um just flirting yeah just doing casual stuff how's how have you been doing it's been a little while it's been a few hours this thing's pretty heavy yeah (laughs) throws it with ease yeah you'll never believe believe how much i can carry just throws it yeah i squat like six tons yeah bench bench about four tons yeah i'm I'm, I'm built like i'm built like a brick shit house i'm gonna come uh (laughs) yeah it stopped anyways sorry um uh, what did I mention? Uh, the, the Peter, he lifts a lot of weight and MJ is horny and Peter is horny. They both know 
Yeah. Peter knows MJ's secret identity now. <laughs> and um, they go and build web on a tower outside the warehouse. <laughs> Did you mean to say Peter knows MJ's secret yes. identity now? Okay, good, because that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, casual flirting. Um, and yeah, so then they're talking about how um, the reason Peter finally admits the reason why he can't be with MJ is because. He knows he's going to put her in danger. He doesn't want to do that to her. And she's like messed up because she's like, damn, I kind of want you like still like I know the risks. I want to do it. I, I would have liked like I, I love the idea of her being like because earlier Peter said something along the lines of like, it's such a risk to date me or something like that. Yeah, I would have loved if she would have said like, it's a risk that I'm willing to take in the web. But she doesn't. She waits yeah. until the dumb I'm sorry, slander. Uh, <laughs> until the scene where she's running in the wedding dress. At least she does say it. I, I mean, know, and it's also not, like, I was like, at least give her a little bit of agency, but it still feels, like, so corny. I mean, there's almost no saving her. She's just a poorly written woman. Yeah, and, yeah, and then uh, Mr. Astronaut, who can't even lift a wall from a warehouse, <laughs> comes in yeah. and uh, gets MJ, and MJ looks off in the distance, sees Peter on, like, a... Always watching. Always watching. Yep, yep. Stalker Peter. Um, as he swings off, and then uh, then the marriage scene is next, right? Yeah. And um, just like yeah, MJ runs away from the marriage, and she shows up at Peter's doorstep as he's blankly staring into the wall. He's disassociating. Yeah, he he's is just disassociating. Like me for real. Yeah, and then this is the second time a girl has walked in on him monologuing or staring at a wall. And I love it. And then MJ's like, you're the one, Peter. You're the one. I want to take this risk. And he's like, are you sure? Fuck it. I don't care. I I am horny. And um, and then she's like, go get him, tiger. That's the first time she ever says it. Her iconic line, go get him, tiger. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, I am going to get him. I'm horny. And I'm then, tiger. Yeah. I, rawr, I'm the tiger. <laughs> 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 Bro, that, that was so much better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> that was the perfect Tobey Maguire impression. Holy oh shit! Oh my god! Me and MJ, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Jesus, this is what happens when. Did it get it? I got it. Yeah. This is what happens when we Rawr. have to do it over seven thousand things. <laughs> and then yeah, he swings away. Epic music is playing as the choir is chanting, and he's like, Wah, and then there's Spider Man. Wait. The best scene in the movie when she says go get him tiger no oh the, the best one. oh scene my god that was before the movie. scene that's it was. wow best scene in the movie okay. are you ready for this harry yes he's fucking distraught he's like my best friend peter parker is spider-man the nerd the nerd the guy on the bus the guy not on the bus what the what <laughs> so he's like roaming around his apartment basically after essentially what i'm assuming is when he told like Pete where to go yeah um he's roaming around and then you hear this like door open and you're like what the hell he's looking around and as he's looking around the camera is like kind of above him and oh my god when it happened I fucking like screamed it was so good mm -hmm. it just goes into this dutch tilt and back to the like tilts to the left dutch tilt to the right and you know it's the goblin because you hear Willem Dafoe talking oh yeah and it's just so good the way they use the dutch tilt like that like yeah. it, it, it is an established in a regular just kind of like mid to long shot getting almost all of harry's body if not all of it and then slowly tilts left and right for the goblin's appearance it's like 
Dude, it gave me fucking chills, so especially good. because it came up right after Willem Dafoe's, or rather, I'm sorry, I'm getting excited, right after Alfred Molina's uh, Octavius's like boom zooms and everything. Yeah. And just the way, and the way the camera works in the last like 30 minutes of the film is just like- It's really good. It's a fucking masterclass yeah. on how to use camera movement and angles. It's so, so good. And I literally have only seen two Raimi movies, mm-hmm. Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, but- I mean, his vision's insane. Yeah. I, I want to go back and watch Evil Dead for as much as we joke about being guys who haven't seen it but talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then even the Octavius doctor versus doctor scene with the chainsaw zooms, like that got me all like giddy. He went in on this Dude, one. Dude, this, it was a masterpiece. So the, those tilts for for uh, James Franco's character is just so good and to see Willem Dafoe. I mean, I wrote it down. I'm, 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 I'm doing it. Um... He has this beautiful quote, oh my gosh, where, okay, so Harry's like, I'm not gonna kill Pete, Peter's my best friend, and Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe just, and I'm your father, and you're yeah. a disappointment. Oh my god, are you kidding me? That so shit good. was immaculate. Yeah. It, it, I'm not even kidding, like, this is my favorite scene in the whole damn movie. And he's just pissed, and I, like, he throws something at the mirror or whatever, and it breaks through, and you see, like, the goblin's lair with all the bombs and the glider yeah. and everything. It's and just, the reveal was so good how it's like jump oh scare with the God. mask and yeah. the music is playing and it and he just finds out everything. Uh, it's so good. And it's so good. Yeah, the pan to the mask and it's just fucking so good and it zooms out and the last scene we see Harry in is this beautifully balanced shot with him on the left, the mask on the right, the glider in the middle. It's just, I mean, I, I, I want to talk about it for hours. It's yeah. so good. And it's made even better, like I said, by the surrounding context of the good usage of camera movement with mm-hmm. Octavius in the scenes before. But even better when Mary Jane's running out of her wedding and they fucking Dutch tilt for her in the wedding <laughs> dress running by the fountain. Yeah. I'm like, you can't put on one of the best displays of camera movement and angle of all time in a superhero movie. And then followed up with some girl who's like, haha, so crazy, I love her, because she said no at the altar. But he does it. Raimi's a madman. What the hell? He's like, a madman. I'm going to use this shot that that gives a creepy, ominous vibe. But I'm going to do it for the girl running away from her wedding. <laughs> like, Wife bad. Wife, wife bad. bad. Moral of the story, wife bad. Yeah. Hey, I. that's all I got to say. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm down to end it on that. I, I do, like, I, the setup is so good of how it just sets up Harry as the next Green Goblin. And unfortunately, they kind of fumbled the bag in the third one. Yeah. And, but like, I remember watching this for the first time as a kid when Spider-Man 3 wasn't out and being like, this is just the most insane setup you can have of just like, this is going to all pay off in the third movie. Yeah. And, you know, debatably did not go great, but... Can we talk about great the, setup though? The very ending scene though, after MJ says "Go get him, Tiger," and Spider-Man does his thing, he's swinging through the city, and you think the movie's gonna end like how one ends, and how I think mm-hmm. almost all of the ones in the Tom Holland trilogy end, where Spider-Man swings into the camera and mm-hmm. it pans into his eye, or rather, he pulls the camera to his eye. Yeah, it ends on MJ and it fades to black. Yeah, very jarring. I didn't like the way it ended. It felt very. Ooh, you're gonna love the ending for the third one. <laughs> oh no, it feels it just doesn't feel like closure to me. Yeah, and I understand why because, like you said, it's a great setup for three, and it, mm. and it does feel like three was supposed to be like kind of how the first Avengers was like the culmination of like Phase One for Marvel or whatever. Mm. Like, but the way they ended it, it's just like 
fade to black punk music starts playing over credits yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. The 2004 equivalent of U2's lead singer Canadian Legend, like, is it's playing. Pretty jarring. Yeah. It it just I don't know. It, there was some. That's what I mean when I'm like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, there's so many great moments, like the the mm-hmm. Harry Green Goblin introduction. But there's so many still where it's like there's a little corny writing, a little yeah. corny acting, funny faces, weird pacing, a lot of weird cuts were in this too. Yeah. That I didn't really mention that felt just so like in the beginning I was getting like motion sickness from the amount of cuts i think mm. I, I mean the camera was placed all over the damn map and yeah. there are things like that where it's like the it just feels weird but when he gets it right my god Raimi is a fucking master yeah i would say like yeah none of the spider-man movies are without their flaws but i think this one they nailed the vision the most are we I gonna think. do it are we gonna rate it I, it might be time i think we've covered the entire plot yeah let's do it i think so um you went first last time on your number, right? Yes. Let me go first this time. Okay. Um, should I do number first or should I place it against, is it better or worse than Spider-Man 1? Ooh. I would say give a quick summary of some of your opinions okay. and say whether you like it more, uh, better or worse than Spider-Man 1 and then give a number to it. Kind of go Solidify more in the depth ranking. as why you think that number. I like that. And yeah. Okay. Good call. So, yeah, I mean, this movie is great. I really love the first act. The way they're showing Peter is this guy who just cannot have it all, no matter how hard he tries. He spreads yeah. so thin. I just think that's beautiful. The way Octavius is used as sort of like a, this is what Pete could be if he like, I don't want to say like pulled himself by bootstraps and tried, <laughs> but like Pete should be able to find a way to become Octavius. It's yeah. just Octavius doesn't have the added challenge of juggling a superhero Mm -hmm. you know and so there's so many little things like that done well i mean the scene with octavius where he kills all the doctors is great it's shot amazing so good the acting in this is so just like leagues better than spider-man one yeah um even toby mcguire and and kristen durst or however he's dunst kristen dunst and uh james franco uh fuck you uh you get no (laughs) praise but kristen dunst and and toby mcguire and even fuck aunt may dude they do better acting so good even though the writing has its moments it it just feels so much more ah, it's just so much more confident in itself and it comes across really well like when pete could have gone off and done his poetry reading and it landed they cut it short and they told you no you don't get this. Yeah. When, you know, Peter could have maybe been given a little bit of help in God and more Derb, they added the scene where he doesn't get anything. And even when he finally grabs a glass, it's an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Little things like that went a really long way for me. J. Jonah Jameson killed it again when yeah. he's like, I want Spider-Man! So good. Iconic. Iconic and so well done. I just, I mean, the whole party scene where Harry slaps Pete, I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... I'm geeking out over here, man. It's mm-hmm. done so, so well. The The mistakes are much less apparent, and it feels a lot better. Yeah. It's better than Spider-Man 1. Easy. Clears. Yeah. I gave Spider-Man 1 a 6. I want to adjust my rating, mm. I think. I think I'm going to be the first Ooh, one to adjust it. Okay. I'm going to give Spider-Man 1 a 5, so I'm knocking Ooh. it down a point. Just because it's clear how much better Spider-Man 2 is. It just really highlights the flaws of one. And Spider-Man 2, I'm going to give it a 7. Which I know I just nerded off about it and now I'm giving it a 7. But Mm. it's not the greatest movie of all time. 
Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real. Based off of my memories, it's up there as maybe my favorite Spider-Man. But as a movie as a whole, it's a seven. If mm. we're ranking it off of like Spider-Man, like it's like a fucking nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the greatest Spider-Man I-, I can remember. Maybe No Way Home is better, but only because of the amount of fanfare. Yeah. But like, yeah, it clears. Like it's a nine in terms of Spider-Man. But as a movie, it's like a seven. There's too much corny shit. It's dated. Mm-hmm. But I... When people say this is the best Spider-Man, I understand why. And when people are like, it doesn't hold up, it feels corny, I would really push back against that. Like, Mm. yeah, it is corny, it is dated, but if you watch it in context and really go into it and appreciate Raimi as a director and the style of which he wears so proudly on his sleeve, I'm like, yeah, this is is that movie. Like, it's good. But a seven. I'm giving it a seven. Hell yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, um, I'm pretty much right there with you on all your opinions. I think... It's very interesting how stylistically and aesthetically it's very different from the first one. Like Mm -hmm. the first one, for some reason, just has a very different feel to me. Like it feels like Spider-Man 2 is what Raimi's Spider-Man, like the feeling I get when I think of Raimi's Spider-Man, it's Spider-Man 2. Like that, just the whole vibe of the movie, just the feeling of it is just, it's it's that. And Spider-Man 1 was just trying to get its like feet planted kind Mm -hmm. of and yeah there's just it's when i think of sam raimi spider-man i think of this one and i think as a spider-man movie it nails the character of spider-man way more than even the first one the first one was an origin story but this one nails the character of spider-man and like just the struggles the day-to-day struggles of what spider-man goes through um just the entire the moral of the story the theme it's just nails it so well and i I do think that I would agree with you by readjusting my ranking of Spider-Man 1 to a 5. I thought about this right after the movie finished. I'm like, you know what? Spider-Man 1 kind of is a 5. Like, if 5's being average, I would say it's probably the most average you can be as a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. It didn't do anything experimental, really, besides, like, natural webs. But, like, that's, like... I wouldn't call that very experimental. That's just like, we don't want to have web shooters. So let's yeah. just like give them normal webs. But like real quick, mm-hmm. what was your original ranking of Spider-Man? A six. A six. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would knock it down to a five because I just feel like, we go. especially with the context of this movie, it's Spider-Man one was just such a generic origin story. And I love Spider-Man. So I love the movie, but it didn't do anything too special or out of the ordinary that you would expect from a superhero origin story. And nowadays you have to switch it up. Because if you told that Spider-Man 1 story now, it would be like, okay, this is the most generic movie I've ever watched. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2 just loved the dynamic of Spider-Man trying to balance his personal life and Spider-Man and he can't do it. Um, Everything's falling apart for him and he is bouncing between, do I want to be just Peter? Do I want to focus on Spider-Man? And he can't get everything he wants and just the villain was so good the villain has great motivation you really understand why he's doing the things he does and i love that he gets redeemed at the end i love the the character arc and growth that mj and harry go through of harry sinking deeper into hating peter hating spider-man and realizing that peter is spider-man mj realizing that she is in love with peter and then realizing that you know and she said she kind of knew it but realizing that um you know peter is spider-man and falling in love with him and it's really like solidifying the arcs that these characters need to go through and 
I think for this movie, I honestly might be ranking this too much as a fan. I might give it an eight. I think realistically a seven would probably be the most accurate, but I think from my perspective and like just with the context of all the superhero movies and Spider-Man, I think they really nailed the motivation and the themes of Spider-Man. So I would give this an eight. Um, I honestly, I was sitting here thinking about it. Like I, yeah. I don't think an eight is outlandish. Like yeah. it's not outrageous or anything. It's very much within the realm of what I think it deserves. And it's, it is corny. There is bad writing and there is bad scenes, but I think generally especially now with how these movies have aged it kind of adds to the charm of the movies yeah that's kind of like fun to see that corniness that's in the movie and i would say this is probably up there with at least top three spider-man movies up there with like no way home yeah so yeah this is probably an eight for me yeah there we go yeah there it is it only took us a hundred and 93 million takes but this is episode 293 uh times a charm yeah dude for sure i went through every possible reality and there was only one where we finished the podcast <laughs> podcast cuts out right now <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i know we shouldn't push our luck but yeah spider-man 3 on the way sooner man we're gonna get there oh man i'm excited the pe I'm... the pe like after the amazing setup spider-man 2 has for spider-man 3 will it pay off we will find out i'm i'm not excited <laughs> yeah well you might have a little idea of how it might go but uh, let's pretend we don't <laughs> <laughs> all right well it, this has been two guys one movie spider-man 2 yeah 2004 extended cut spider-man 2.1 the raimi uh deluxe edition yeah the collectors. raimi cut baby yep all right hope you guys enjoyed uh see y'all next time love you wow <laughs> <laughs>